Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody. We're back again. This time we got a full crew. It's me, it's Dan, it's Sam, and it's our wonderful guest. Yes, we have a guest again. We didn't let you down. Another wonderful dad. This one is named Michael Feynman, uh, like hot guy. And he is from the U.S. Uh, we, uh, we're coming a little closer to home this time around. He is a father, a motivational speaker, and an overall guide. Why don't you say hey to the, to the mini uh, yeah. there, Michael? Thank you, man. Great to meet with you guys. Right on. We, uh, we appreciate having you here. Thanks so much for joining us. I know that you're a busy man. You got a lot going on. Appreciate you finding the time. Yeah, man. Yeah, basketball. We we were uh, we shot out for a tournament this morning early, six thirty a.m. And we got back about fifteen minutes ago. So uh, and he's already pushing to go to the gym. So here we go. Oh wow, highly motivated. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my son is is two, so he he has the the will to do all that, but certainly not the energy yet. So yeah. luckily, I. No, he has the energy, not the wheels, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe it's the other way. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I get the, energy uh, for days. <laughs> the man, two years old, they're like a nuclear reactor, bro. They never run out of steam. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm lucky to get an hour or, I mean, <laughs> at least an hour of a nap every day. He just does not ever want to go to sleep. Just wants to go, go, go. Yeah. So uh, as you may or may not have, have heard in a previous episode, kind of get a, the majority of our questions from uh, what you tell us about yourself, you know, as far as an introduction. So, uh, you know, give us a little bit of, of the highlights of, of what you, uh, what you got going on, what you bring to the table. Yeah, man. Thank you. So I've been a single dad for about 12 years and, uh, super passionate about being a dad. I had a couple step kids. I didn't do great with them coming up and they're, uh, siblings to my biological son. So, but my youngest was 15 when he was born. So he's my only biological and uh, man, I just didn't do a great job with them, but uh, kind of sent me down this path to do a great job and uh, learned how to be a dad, really. So it was interesting. I fought tooth and nail for 50-50. I got him. He was like five. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do now. <laughs> I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to keep my house, man. Like I had to figure everything out, learn it all. And uh, man, it's just, it, it created this passion in me though, not just for being a dad, but for having fun with it and enjoying it and then trying to help other dads find that place. Because I think a lot of times it, it feels like a burden because it, it, that's part of it. It's a lot of work, but I, I really wanted to make a plan and do things right with my kid and not just wing it, not just say, well, you know, we're doing the best we can, or, you know, there's no instruction manual. I, mean, I just didn't want to be that dad. I, I wanted, I, I knew what I wanted from him for him out of his life. And so I kind of backtracked and said, how would I build that out? And I did. I made a plan. So he's an awesome kid at 16 right now. I mean, compliments for days on this kid. And, you know, he did that too. But yeah, man, that's who I am as a dad. It's my most important job in life. Right on. That's uh, that's yeah. a cool way to to tackle that. It's It makes perfect sense, you know, that, to have a plan. But I bet you not. I mean, I'm one of them. Uh, not a lot of us have actually taken the time to do that. You know, we have nebulous thoughts about what we want for our children in the future but as far as an actual written down you know uh guide to follow and and to turn to that's a good idea that i don't know that many people have out there so so starting off strong with with the advice for the dads we love that i typically uh 
I'm trying to change, but typically I will just take this intro uh, and then let you talk and then I run with the ball and, and don't give my co-host any time to talk. So I'm going to try, I've been trying to change that a little bit. So uh, Dan, why don't you take, uh, take, you know, whatever you might have first, uh, whatever's come to your mind in the top of the show. All right. Well, uh, first props to you for being a single dad and attacking it and actually wanting to be, you know, the best dad that you can and and knowing that it's the the most important job you'll ever have in life. Uh, props to you. And I don't know how you do it, sir. Uh, being a married dad with, you know, with my wife on the daily, that's hard enough as it is. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being a single dad. So, so very big props to you for being active father in your child's life. That's, that's awesome. Um, uh, I, Mike, I, I try to find a connection point with every guest that, that I'm available with or available to come on with and having talked to. Um, and I played basketball, oh God, from fifth grade to when I was a senior. So awesome. what, seven, eight, eight years. So that's going to be my connection point with you. Um, do you, do you coach, right? Nope. Uh, no. you know, I offered to coach and my son said, no, man, I need you in the stands. I said, okay. Um, but I have been a big proponent of pushing him to where he needs to go. Awesome. So he, he wants to go pro. So, wow. Yeah, at 16, that's a big goal. But he's got the work ethic and he awesome. is, man, I've never seen my work like this kid. Uh, I thought I had great work ethic and I tried to instill that in him, but he took it like my ceiling is this kid's floor. Right on. Now, did you play as a young, as, as a child? Did you play? Yeah, I grew up playing. I'm six two. He's uh, in shoes. He's six four already. So uh, nice. he's gonna tower. I mean, he's already dunking like <laughs> it's insane. I never did. I never could really dunk. But yeah, I mean, I played, but not at his level. You know, like I right. loved high school, but we did a lot of stuff in high school. You know, besides playing. <laughs> and yeah. he's just all about the ball, man. This is basketball, Jones, like to the T. Awesome. Yeah. Now is that is that something like that you? I don't want to say pushed on him or, or is that something like exposed him to and he took off and run with it and that's what he wants to do or is, or, yeah. is, or did he, or what? Yeah, yeah go we ahead. Soccer till like two years ago, we played soccer and I, you know, I, I, I'm a big proponent of try everything, see what you yeah. like. Yeah. I didn't put, I, I, he surprised me with basketball. He said he wanted to take it serious. And then like right out of the gate, man, he broke his leg oh. uh, wearing slides on a wet court at night. Grabbed the rim, slipped out, and boom, there goes. Oh. Yeah, dude, he broke Damn. his So that took six months to build back. So he, he's really only been at it a year and a half. Um, but we're on a really high-level AAU team now. He's homeschooled still with his mom. So we're trying to get him into high school this year and AAU. But, I mean, the kid's ramping up so fast. But it was all him, man, all him. Awesome. Yeah. You guys, uh, any, go ahead. Um, that's about it for now for me. Sam, what do you got? Sure, I've got I got a few questions from Michael. Yeah, sure, do. Um, hey, I was clapping. Uh, bravo, hats off to uh, you and your family for being a fellow uh, AAU uh, alumni. I, I too competed in the AAU for many years of track and field. That's back awesome. in the uh, early to mid nineties. Yeah, I made it to the Olympics um, <laughs> in uh, the two hundred meter, um, javelin, and hundred meter. You competed for the U.S. Uh, in, in the Junior Olympics through that's the AAU. Awesome, yeah. yeah, I so. mean that's that's just as in and youth. That's you made it to the Olympics. 
it was it was a it was an experience a lot, a lot of traveling around with a lot of fundraising with the family my parents were super supportive of it and i, I was really blessed for you know the, the help that i got for the community and yeah. uh, so uh, coming from a local team in northeast tennessee at the time that was a that was a different thing you know to see as a teenager so yeah that's cool uh, but one of my questions and stuff was i also played basketball as well in a boys and girls club some school and um a lot of street that was Man, that was uh, a favorite activity during the summer times. Yeah, you know, just go out, grab a drink or Gatorade or something, and go spend all day out in the sun playing basketball, and then you know come back in when it's too dark to shoot, when you can't see anymore, and <laughs> and, and you know your your shot percentage is starting to go down. Yeah, it's all right. You know, we'll call it. <laughs> and, and we're in Florida too, we'll so you got you know mosquitoes that'll take the ball and run. So <laughs> right. <them> too. <laughs> right. <laughs> right well so we've covered the basketball a little bit and yeah. uh, like i said some of the aau championships and i'm sorry competitions but what about the water sports um, my kids are just kind of getting recently exposed to some water sports and i did notice that you know you have an interest in snorkeling and maybe even like canoeing is that correct yeah so paddle boarding but also grew up water skiing heavy um awesome. i was competing pro-am on kneeboard and then uh got in i hurt my uh hurt my actually the first thing that happened, I had Crohn's. I had surgery and they go oh. you know, back then they do like a zipper cut on your stomach. Mm-hmm. So I had to build all that back up. That took almost a year. Then I got back where I was pretty good at uh, kneeboarding again and they blew my knee out and started oh, wow. wakeboarding. But I got to wakeboard with the best guys in the world then coming up like Darren Shapiro, Jeremy Kovac, Gator, all those guys were local. So it, I got to hang out with them. I didn't get to ski a lot. I got to be the weight in the back of the boat and play guitar with them and hang out and have fun. But I was around them when they were creating these amazing tricks and stuff. So yeah, that, and uh, now we're salt boys and uh, we fish offshore. I was a dive master for years. Um, My son doesn't dive, but he loves to snorkel. He's good wakeboarder and uh, we fish offshore quite a bit. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And and to, you know, I guess there was a silver lining to that injury, you know, whenever you had to, you know, have that operation for your Crohn's. Um, you know, with your with your digestive system not being fully functional, you know, you still got this amazing experience, even though you weren't out here on the water doing what it was that, you know, had brought you there. And that was going to segue into another question I had about that. Yeah. Uh, what the, what's the most dangerous place you've ever went snor- snorkeling to date? Um, man, we got a lot of bull sharks here in Florida. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine. say it was probably diving in uh, in Jupiter in a place called the Bull Room which uh, is a, a cave that uh, is about 115 feet deep, the entrance, but uh, it's the current's always ripping like seven knots. You almost have to let yourself back on the reef to get in. Once you get in, there's this big opening in this cave, man, that's like a couple bull sharks just sitting there almost always. And bull sharks don't have to swim like most sharks. They can sit mm-hmm. still. So when you come up on them, if you don't know they're there, and they didn't tell me, my friends were cool like that. Uh, you come up, you're like, (laughs) like they're right there, man. So that was sketchy. Um, snorkeling in Florida to me, it's like, you know, I grew up surfing too a little bit and you either do it or you don't same with like wakeboarding, kneeboarding. we got gators Mm -hmm. and snakes. You're either going to be afraid of it or you're just going to go for it. And so, you know, I don't, I would prefer to see a shark in scuba gear, uh, over snorkel gear by far, but we've seen them both, you know, so it's, it's kind of, right. yeah. I mean, I've, I've only really been diving other places like uh, the Bahamas, the Bahamas is teeming with sharks also. Um, 
but Jamaica was cool. There was nothing, no fish at all. Really, they ate them all, <laughs> but it oh, was wow. a good time. <laughs> yeah. I got like wow. certified at a resort, you know, in a resort course. It was cool. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? Have you been snorkeling, diving, like anywhere that's uh, super sketchy? Uh, not yet. Are uh, were you asking me or Corey? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, not yet. Um, there's a, I have some friends of mine locally here that are, are wanting to uh, put together a dive team. One of them's a dive master and one of them's a dive instructor already. And they're interested in having me participate in their team. So I'm still kind of new to that right now, as far as like, as far as like water exploring or anything like that, yeah. it's just canoeing and paddling. Yeah. You know, um, I was interested in the diving thing, but I don't have an, I don't have a lot of experience in this yet. So I'm going to learn and I'll probably yeah. give it a try. You know, definitely should do it. And even do open water too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's all. Are you still in Tennessee now? No, no, I'm in uh, I'm in Southwest Arkansas. So oh, like okay. we're all kind of in different locations and whatnot. Yeah. We all uh, we all lived in the same area, uh, relatively close to each other in Tennessee. But yeah, like I said, we're all spread out now. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool that you guys stuck together on this though. Yeah, man, diving is like visiting another planet. There's nothing like it. They're really, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other experience in life that you can really, of course, with Virgin Air and all the things going on now, maybe you can go into space, but uh, man, like diving, especially at night is amazing. And although people would think it's more sketchy, it's actually more calm to me at night because you don't have all the distractions. You kind of have a flashlight, but you, all the colors are incredibly radiant that you lose during the day with light refraction on the water. And at night, the, the the fish just pop in these colors that you just you can't even describe it you know, that's like, interesting because uh, yeah. i think somebody who hasn't had that experience before would think the opposite that you know in the light you know you would see the more vibrant colors you would have the exposure to all the things that are around you the depth and yeah. you know the perception there but you know what you just informed us was you know wow i mean that's that's something to think about it's cool it's really cool yeah that's in your advance after you do your open water you'll do advanced and you'll start doing mm-hmm. night dives, but I'm telling you, if you do your open water, do your advanced, man, because night dives are game changer. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, thank cool. you. Yeah. So, have you? Uh, how about the other guys? Have, Corey, have you guys done any diving, any snorkeling anywhere? Well, as you may have picked up, yeah, I uh, started to get my certification. We're in the process now. We've had a bit of a snag because our babysitter had open heart surgery. So we are in, in between lessons right now, Yeah, but we, we, you know, are uh, planning to go forward with that. It's something that, like you said, it's, you know, it's really awesome. Uh, what little experience I've had and mostly just um, in a, a, cor- a rock quarry right now and yeah. uh, the training done in a pool. But with that being said, it's, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting out there and doing, uh, you know, open water stuff, real life stuff, so to speak. It's uh, ironic in a way because I watched Jaws at much too early an age. And so it's affected me in many negative ways uh, throughout my life. Uh, oddly enough, though, it's, it's lakes that I have an issue with uh, where nothing can hurt me, whereas oceans I've always felt relatively safe. Um, but with that being said, it does lead me to one of my questions. And uh, just a little bit of context, I cut these videos up into reels because I get I can get my message out or your message really, because it's you that, that is in all the reels um, to more people on, on TikTok or whatever than I do on Spotify. You know, yeah. Spotify, we might get 30 listens, but on TikTok, I get, you know, 300 views. So uh, 
I cut, you know, whatever is, is, is really cool to me. And the one thing that kind of stands out in recent memory is getting the most views was uh, one of our previous uh, guests actually saw a shark attack. Uh, and you know, he lived in, he was a, they call them lifesavers instead of lifeguards in South Africa. And he saw a great white take a woman uh, right in front of his eyes. And that, uh, that and the corresponding uh, reel right after that, where I kind of trick people into thinking it's the same thing happening again. And turns out it's a, a killer whale. Uh, those got our, uh, just about the most views of anything I've ever had uh, as a reel. So I, I was just wondering if that's what the people want. You know, maybe you can give them something too. Do you have anything sketchy that you've, uh, you know, come across experienced uh, beyond the, the bull shark experience? Yeah, man. Actually, with some bull sharks on Tuesday of last week. Sorry, Thursday, just a couple of days ago. I went fishing offshore with a buddy of mine. It, it got, it's called The Heaven Guy, theheavenguy.org. He has a really cool website. He and I went fishing and uh, we caught, uh, it was pretty rough out there, but we first hooked into a bonita, pretty good sized bonita, probably 20 pound fish. So, and they look like a tuna, but they're not really edible. They're too kind of gamey and bloody and gnarly. But anyway, we're bringing this thing in. We're getting right by the boat and about, and it happened so fast. We don't know if there was three or four, but about three or four seven to eight foot bull sharks, maybe bigger. And I'm trying to be conservative, came in and just shredded that thing right at the boat, like two feet in front of our eyes as we're watching. And they just wham, wham, wham. It happened so fast. And the fish was gone. I mean, we just pulled up empty hooks. Actually, first he hooked it. It took off and then it popped. Thank God. But because they'll just spool you and take everything you got, you know, but you're talking about 150, 200 pound shark and a couple of them coming in that fast on a boat where you're, you're two feet away from them. Like if you put your hand in the water, you know, and we're joking about it because it's a rough day, but if you fell out of the boat, you're done, man. Like you're done. <laughs> and we just, yeah, dude, what that, that gives me chills because just like you said, yeah. if, you know, if you, if you, uh, I don't know, we're holding onto the pole and it, and it jerks you in bye-bye. That's it. Yeah. Or you, or just, it's a rough day or you just like, you know, fall out of the boat accidentally. Cause you're only up to like, just above your knees on the gunnel of the boat, right? The side of the boat, that thing yanks or this wave hits wrong. It's easy to fall out of a boat, you know, on a day like that, uh, which is why you try not to go alone. <laughs> and I do fish out there by myself sometimes too. That, that okay, this might be something that you uh, have had your fill of, or it might be something that you're not super familiar with, but you live in yeah. that general area. Did you, yeah. were you, were you aware of the news when that kid jumped off the boat recently and then just kind of disappeared? Uh, they said like, he was a high school student on a on a celebratory trip after graduation. Uh, your your look has me thinking that maybe. No, uh, I didn't hear about that. It, uh, it was the cruise ship. The, I think it was a cruise ship, and it was at night. The kid yeah. uh, was, I think, had some alcohol. Uh, maybe now, maybe wrong, but um, he um, was. I think he was dared to jump off the side of the boat, and uh, they weren't really paying much attention to him until they heard somebody yelling "man overboard," what have you. He was down there in the water. As soon as they shone a light to him. He was trying to swim his way back to the boat, to the rear, I think, of the of the boat towards the propellers. And light shined off of him for a second. They tried to find him again. He was gone. Yeah. it's And when you see something in the ocean, like, so, you know, we're looking for anomalies when we're fishing. We're looking for weed patches or something floating or whatever. If you take even broad daylight, you take your eyes off it for a second, it's gone. Like, chances. So we actually tell somebody, stand in the bow, point at it. And don't take your finger off of it. Just stay with it. Uh, and somebody's assigned in the boat to do that, to, to mark it. Otherwise, yeah, like you said, man. We had a couple boys go out offshore 
a few years ago uh, that weren't supposed to go out. They were teenagers. They knew their way around boating. They were great boatsmen, but they probably weren't supposed to go offshore when they did by themselves and they never came home. They found that boat upside down a couple years later or a couple uh, days later. So yeah, that was brutal. And now there's at the Jupiter Inlet, there's actually a monument. Uh, but a lot of families were involved and it caused a lot of problems. And But it was tragic, man. It was tragic. Being right on the beach there, do you get a lot of that sort of thing? Like, you know, is the, is the community hit a lot? No, I mean, Jupiter Inlet's like a pretty nasty inlet, well-known. Like if you look online, there's a, on YouTube, there's a thing called Wavy Boats that shows Hillsborough Inlet and Jupiter Inlet because they're the two nastiest. And Jupiter Inlet can be, now you're coming in some days, it's just really sketchy trying to get in safely. And so a lot of boats sink there for sure because uh, they don't know how to run the inlet or they're not paying attention or they're not respecting it, you know, like. I don't care how many times you've been out there. I've been on a boat since I was 15, a lot. And you still have to respect it and know it can take you out at any time. And 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 always with that humility, because as soon as you get cocky or you get drunk, like I don't drink on the boat. I think that's kind of dumb because you're just taking everybody else's life at risk when you're out there. Uh, if they want to drink, great. But as the captain, I don't think you should be drinking. Uh, I just don't think it's smart. So but if you're you lose that respect even for a second, that's when it happens, man. And that inlet's teeming with bull sharks too. Like that's not a place you want to go down. Um, back to the sharks, uh, giving me yeah. chills again. It, I, I'm, you can't be afraid of them here. You just we swim with them. If you were to fly an airplane, which I used to fly, I was almost got my pilot's license. I'm going to get it now. But if you fly down the beach, that's what I would do. I'd fly about 500 feet right down the beach you will see around all the bathers, there's sharks everywhere, big ones. And they're swimming all around the people, all around the bathers all the time. They're not messing with them. They're not there to eat people. They don't, you know, tigers are known and we get a few of those here and there, but then we even have white sharks now, which we really never had that we knew of. But if you're on the bottom and you're hunting, you're shooting fish and you're, you know, you're grabbing lobster, whatever, you have a much better chance of having an interaction with a shark than you would if you're actually swimming at the beach, but they're there. And most people don't know that, you know, and, and, but flying down the beach, every group of bathers, there's sharks swimming all around them. They don't even see them. It's crazy. They don't know they're there. I think people would be afraid if they did, but the truth is, they're not there to mess with people. If the, you know, sharks don't have hands is what we say here. So when they're checking you out, they kind of mouth you to see what's what you are. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, they have really sharp teeth. And when they mouth you, they're going to cut you pretty good. But they realize you're not what they eat. And they'll usually back off and they're done. And that's why, you know, they don't seldom do you see sharks that are going to eat people. Tigers will finish it off. Bull sharks have been known to in a group. But generally speaking, that's not what happens. Good information. It's still a hard no for me. Yeah, no. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said, it's still a hard no for me. No. Yeah. When I was a kid, man, and we, you know, we were wakeboarding and stuff, and people would say, "What about the gators?" Oh, that's what the skeg's for, bro. We just skeg them. You know, like, <laughs> we just weren't that bright. But you, I mean, if you're afraid of it, you don't get to play. So you kind of have to make that choice at some point in your life where you say, "Okay, I'm going to play." Yeah, I mean, and you know, best case scenario, you just don't fall. It, try not to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, go ahead, Sam. No, I, I was just, I was just noticing how you know that 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 early um, 
habit of, you know, taking risks and, you know, ha having those rewards and, you know, and not letting the consequences necessarily slow you down as much yeah. kind of maybe carried over into your later years in life and maybe it may or may not have been successful or, you know, in it has guiding you Absolutely. right down the path or, or, you know, kind of giving you a, a, a boost towards your destiny. Or Absolutely. Yeah. You got to be a risk taker, man. I, you know, nothing. I, I told my son this this morning, nothing comes to you. It mm. may appear, but you still have to go get it. And right. I'm a firm believer that you can get anything you want. I, I really, one of the things I love to teach on is identity with youth and, and finding their identity because it's such a massive problem right now. But one of the things I say to them all the time is when you find your identity, when you truly know who you are, then you can become or be anything that you want to be because you you now know who you are. Nobody can tell you any different about who you are. And a lot of that comes from risk taking and, and taking chances. I'm a God guy. So for me, I've taken a lot of risks, but I know that God protected me so many times in so many situations. It's almost like David and Goliath when he said, I killed a bear and a lion with my bare hands. This giant dude is going to be no different. I'm going to go get him just like I got them because you protected me then. You're going to protect me now. And that's kind of my attitude in life and what I'm trying to instill in my son, because if he wants to go NBA, I'm like, let's go. I'm not the kind of dad that says, well, you know, the odds are really high and we need a backup and no plan B. Yeah. We're going for it. Let's go for it. And I'm teaching him finances in the background too. I want him to learn about money and mm -hmm. under the guise of, hey, when you make it to the NBA, you're going to have millions. You need to be smart about how to handle your money. Uh, but the truth is there may be a backup plan that needs to happen if he gets hurt or injured or, you know, mm -hmm. who knows, COVID happens again. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I want him to understand money because if he understands money, he could do anything from there. You know, I, I don't want him to be a corporate guy like I am because corporate is, I have such an entrepreneurial mind and spirit that it's so hard for me to stick with corporate, but I have for a while. And this it's it's good that you mentioned that entrepreneurial spirit. And um, how how does that tie into this uh, this partnership that you uh, created a program with uh, Mr. Les Brown with the yeah. Prodigy program? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So that's another one of those things, you know, where uh, I wanted to meet Les Brown, and I decided I'm, I'm going to meet Les Brown, and and I had a great opportunity to come up with a young guy. He was uh, when I met him, I think he was 18 or 19. He was a marketer, but nobody would take him seriously because he was 18 or 19. And he had met with Les, but he hadn't been able to really close anything up. And he said, you know, I want to start a thing with him. And he and I started working together. And, and one of the superpowers I think I have is working with young people really well because I treat them as my equal because we are in business. We are. I don't see any different. I think at, at really at 13, you're a man. So I'm going to treat you that way until you, you know, give me a reason not to. And so he and I connected on that level. We had a lot of the same mindsets and we actually got uh, to meet with Les in Miami, Inc. to deal with him on uh, the Prodigy program, which basically is was a legacy-based program, uh, only 20 bucks a month so that anyone could join, no excuses. And we started it before COVID. So we had no idea this was coming. We started pre-COVID and the concept was take somebody who's in a menial job, but knows in their heart there's more. And if you ever listen to Les, he will bring that out of you mm -hmm. and help them not only believe in themselves, but develop something that could grow them beyond where they are. Because I think a lot of people have that drive, but they don't just, what do I do? How do I get there? I want to do it. And so Les and I come on a change. 
Huh? You know, a little, little bit of direction, a little bit of nudge, yeah. you know, kind of uh, giving somebody a, an opportunity to figure out what their strengths are, you know, and how to how to work towards those or, you know, utilize those. And encouragement, you know, to help them believe in themselves, because that's you're, you're your own worst enemy. I mean, our, our biggest adversary in life is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and this, your brain, you know, you're, you, you'll talk yourself out of all kinds of stuff. You guys know, I mean, you know, I, I would guess that this podcast, you probably sat on it for a minute before we did it, just like I sat on my program for a minute before I did it, because I just didn't have, you know, the guts to do it. Quite honestly, my head kept stopping me. Hmm. Yeah, I was actually listening to a song today. Uh, it's all about uh, I am my own worst enemy. And I was like, man, that, that hits true. It hits so hard. Because that's definitely the way it is with me. I think with everybody, man, I really do. And I think identity is part of that with the youth now that we're dealing with. And I think this is why we're seeing all the problems we're seeing right now. That that really does uh, hit a chord with me too. Uh, some of the dads I've talked to have really uh, hit on that, talking about how a lot of the issues are stemming from just a lack of a fatherly figure in, in a lot of people's lives, be it men or women. We... Uh, Meaning me and the fathers that I've spoken to tend to agree that uh, although we are by and large not psychologists or scientists, that men uh, and women both uh, benefit greatly from the presence of a man, you know, a a guiding presence, uh, not somebody that's just there, but somebody that's actually like, you know, involved and trying to, to help them and not having that really puts you behind the eight ball. And I can speak from experience when I say that, because as, you know, many longtime listeners would know, if we have any of those, I think we have one guy from Belgium that's listening to every episode. Um, <laughs> come on the show one listening. time, Bill. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we got we got a spot for you, man, whenever you want to come on. But, uh, at, you know, at least he knows that my dad was not there for me. Um, he's he's come up short pretty much throughout my life. And the person that took his place was my grandpa. And I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but it really does fall in line with with your experience, because my my grandpa wasn't actually a blood relative he had married my grandmother and when they were together he treated my my father and his uh his brother very poorly uh borderline abusive mentally and physically and then suddenly i come along and it's like this is a completely different man and he is there for me in every way shape or form every time i needed him from the time you know that i was born until the time that he died and uh, i guess to kind of bring it back around did you have, because no one's really able to tell me beyond, hey, you were born, and that's that's the initiating event. Uh, was there was there some event, was there some kind of come to God moment for you that, that made you change who you had been into who you are now? Yeah, actually, our, our stories parallel a little bit, bro. Like, uh, my, my biological mom died when I was three. I had a year and a half old brother, and she died slowly of a brain tumor, but she told my dad, you know, find my boys, another mom. She was just, I learned so much about her later. She was really cool lady, Uh, but 29 years old, right? She died. So you got these two boys and my dad being very practical starts dating. He's at work. He's dating at night and man, we're being raised by a nanny that doesn't really even speak English. So really I, you know, I didn't have his support or really a mom, you know, really wasn't being mothered during some pretty formidable years. And uh, so growing up, man, I carried all that stuff. And, and I ended up moving to Florida at 15 by myself and moved with my grandmother who had been widowed for 20 years. And she was my biological mom's mom, but I didn't know her because we'd been separated for years. And when I came down, 
she was this tough businesswoman kind of strict, you know, and same thing, man, she just melted and became this amazing mom to me that I needed so bad. And actually one of my best friends growing up who, uh, who we lost early, his mom mothered me too. And I still like call her mom and take care of her, like love her to, you know, pieces. And my grandmother was like that for me too, but I didn't have that father figure to really guide me kind of made my own decisions, my own truths, which were not valid because I was too young to actually make those vows and truths. And so I was coming up and I realized I just didn't know what the heck I was doing about being a dad. I couldn't do it the way my dad did it. So I did it the way my stepmom did it, which was not good. And she didn't treat us very well either. So, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just had no idea what I was doing. So I started seeing guys that were good dads, like their kids were respectful and obedient and wanted to be around them when they were older. And I'm like, man, I want that. I want my kid to like want to be around me when he's a teenager. How do I do that? And so that was that thing that clicked. And then, man, Jesus found me and I started to see the relationship between God, the father and the son and what that looked like. And I went, okay. When we mess up, God doesn't go, you idiot, you totally dropped the ball. What's wrong with you? God says, okay, you're better than that. I made you better than that. You can do better than that. I love you. Let's try again. Let's let's give it another shot. I'm with you. And as soon as I saw that and learned that, I was like, okay, that's the dad I want to be right there. As soon as my son messes up, I want to be like, I got you, man. I love you. We can do better. That's, and that's what awesome. Yeah. That I mean, that's once again, that seems almost like a common sense thing, you know, the, the relationship between, you know, father and son and father and son, but to try to emulate that is, I mean, that might be something that other people do, like Sam or Dan, that might be something they're already doing, but to hear it in words is like, you know, mind altering to me, because that really does, I mean, that clicks on so many levels. Um, yeah. So it's, it's cool to hear that. I appreciate that, man. It's interesting. I've struggled with what kind of program to build online. And this is the thing that's really on my heart is being a dad and identity and the things that I teach about and talk about. And uh, But I have all these great business ideas online. I've been in marketing and sales forever. I could really teach that well. But I keep coming back to this. And I keep coming back to this. So I appreciate that encouragement, man. Hey, no problem. I mean, I can tell that you've got uh, a lot of interest, a lot of passion about it, just you know, to hear you talk. And already you've given just, you know, a hint of all the, the knowledge and wisdom that you have to share. So we appreciate that. Appreciate um, it, Thank you. Uh, but once again, uh, you know, I kind of hogged it for a little bit and uh, we are coming around the bend here on, on our time. So Dan, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I just wanted to reiterate what you just actually kind of talked about. We don't, we try to steer away from the politics and religion a little bit. I mean, we'll, we'll dabble with like overviews of what we kind of believe and give them a taste, but we don't try to delve into it too much. But I, uh, I also want to commend you like I did for being a single dad for, I also am of a believer and of a man of faith. And, you know, it's, it's hard in the world now to be like that. And, but you just gotta, you know, suck it up and do it if that's what you want to do. But I, I commend you for, for bringing that into your kid's life. Um, with me having my daughter's three, um, we bring her to church with us when we go, but I don't want to force it on her. I want her to make that decision, but I also want to expose her to it in case that's the route she wants to go. And, um, I'm just, I'm glad to have another connection point with you that on that part, because 
sometimes I struggle. Like, are we, are we, are we forcing her to go, but she's only three, she has to go with us, you know, and, and I want her to, to go on that path with, with me and my wife and my family, but I also don't want to force her because I know when I was forced, I pushed it away. And the, f- the further I ran until I realized, you know, I kind of came to you, I was kind of at my lowest point and it all happened for me and it may it clicked in my head and made sense. So I just want to commend you on doing that because that's, it's, it is difficult in the world we live in because every, like with all the TV and, and everything that's out there, it feels like they're shoving everything but that down our throats. And um, yeah, it's good to have another dad that, to talk to you about that. Thanks, man. And that's why we can't be quiet. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to thump somebody over the head with a Bible. No. I, I believe what I believe, but you yep. know, the message is a good message. It's love. It's good news. And, yeah. You know, there's somebody that loves you that you don't even know about. And, and let yep. me tell you why. Also with my son, I would show him in the Bible. I'd say, this is where I get my truth. Where yeah. are you getting yours? Yeah. Yeah. I have to, yeah. I'm obedient to this, right? So yeah, I'm not just asking you to do this for me. I'm obedient for this. Mm-hmm. And it also, it shows us as a believer, as believers that um, his, uh, his love for us, we need to show that not just to everybody, but we really need to have our kids know that, like you said, if you mess up, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm still going to love you. I'm, I might not agree with what you did, but I, I don't <laughs> care. It's, yeah. it's not the thing. It's not the person I hate. It's what you're doing that I hate and that I don't agree with, but I yeah. will still love you no matter what. Like we've had conversations about God knows everything. My wife and I about what if she did this and what if she did that? I'm like, I don't care. I'm still going to love her, but I'm going to try to, you know, correct her. Or, um, Corey has a question about if you ever found out your kid was a serial killer, sorry, Corey, what would you do? And it's like, yeah, I don't like that you went on a, a killing spree, but I still love you as a person. Like, I'm going to get you the help. We're going to figure. We're going to fix this. We're going to figure it out. But you're going to have to pay for what you did. And yeah. But I'm. But knowing, he asked the guy, and I, I agree with this guy that he said, "I'm going to stand by you every step of the way. I'll be the only uh, the only person on your side in the courtroom if if I have to be." And that's kind of how the love that not to get too deep into our religion, but um, that God shows us. We need to show that to our kids as well to know that there is somebody that's for the most part, always going to be there for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's hard for people to fathom when you say that to them, yeah. you know, especially guys like dads have a hard time talking about their feelings all the time. And I yeah. get that. me as a high level communicator. I just don't have a problem with it. Uh, I'm wide open about it. And it's funny because I, I was in the construction world for years selling heavy equipment. I'd be over the tailgate with this big girly <laughs> dude and he's crying because we're talking about something that matters. Yeah, And, you know, I've just never been afraid to bring those things up. I'm pretty bold about that. But again, I'm not throwing scripture and verse at people because they're not open to that. Yeah. Um, but they're open to love and everyone <laughs> is, whether we know how to receive it or not. And a lot yeah. of guys, we don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard. I had to learn. It was difficult. Man. It took me yeah. years. Like Dan said, we do, you know, we do try to steer away from religion, but I mean, there's a, there's a direct correlation between god and jesus and and you know father and son and there's many different facets of religion you know i'm uh somewhat i'm not gonna like claim to be a full-on follower but i'm a somewhat uh buddhist uh i you know i look at stoicism as a way to to deal with life and if it can help a father you know i'm gonna we're gonna talk about it for the the christian listeners that we do have you know i'm sure that there's at least some of them like me that were just you know blown away by that fact that wow, you know, like I have to treat my son like God would treat me. So I don't want to 
uh, hog too much of the time. I do have two more questions. Uh, sure. One goes way back to the beginning and ties into something that we talked about on an episode, uh, me and Dan previously, and that is homeschooling versus public schooling. You said that you did your uh, or your son received public schooling and still does until maybe, you know, the next year or so. Was there any particular reason why? Uh, Because we we are both leaning towards uh, homeschooling and it's probably not hard to imagine why, uh, but it. your son is a little bit older than, than, you know, obviously the hours, uh, our children are. So was there any particular reason that, that you went that route or was it the same thing? To homeschooling, you mean? Yes, sir. Yeah. So the system failed us, man. In fourth grade, we had a life interrupt where he was being bullied really bad. He wouldn't tell on the kids. We knew there was a problem. He gave us a, a name. We knew there were some issues. We kept telling the school. They said they were dealing with it. They were lying. They weren't dealing with it. Uh, that was Vice Principal Gore in Martin County. Just to make sure you get that out. <laughs> just to let everybody his, know. Did not do his job. and uh, But we ended up bringing in the bullying sheriff and dealing with all this. And, you know, my son had a peanut allergy. And we found out later the kids were shoving him up against the wall, threatening to shove peanut butter, cook crackers and stuff down his throat, see if it killed him. And so he's holding all this in. So in fourth grade, this kid had a meltdown to where we had to take him out of school. And his confidence was shot, as you can imagine. You know, he was shaking all the time and taking him to school was a nightmare. Poor kid, man. He went through the hardest thing. I did something I would not recommend, but I decided the best move for me would be to quit my job and to go eye to eye with this kid until I got him right. And that took four years. I don't know how we made it, man. I I have no idea, but we did. And the confidence level that this kid has now is unbelievable. So I'm reluctant to put him into high school, but for his basketball career, he either needs to play for the high school or be in the high school. And being that I'm a single dad and his mom lives, you know, 20 miles away or so, it's not going to work unless he moves to my house full time or to her house full time to be in high school. And neither one of us is really wanting to give up, you know, 50-50. So right now, homeschool work, great because she's teaching him Monday through Thursday, then Friday he does school here and he's at my house and I have him through the weekend for basketball and all that. So, you know, I think the public school system is broken in many, many ways. And it's all over the news. It's This is nothing new. But I think that private schools, charter schools, all of that, you're not losing the bullying. You're not losing all those other things. I mean, that stuff is still there, sometimes even worse. So I think homeschooling to me is probably the best option for your kids until they do something to fix the system, it's broken. I think he's confident enough now, if he wants to go to high school, he can, and he'll do fine, but he'll still have hurdles. You know, we, I've been teaching him certain things throughout his life that he's going to see the opposite of very, very quickly. And he's around enough boys now that he sees it, but not like he would there, you know? So if you're thinking about homeschooling and you have the wherewithal to do it, I think it's the best thing for a kid you could do. I'm the stay-at-home dad now. My wife makes a significant amount of money, luckily for us. And I would be working, I would be working to pay childcare, essentially. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so as it stands, it seems to be something that we are, you know, certainly we'll say 90, 90% leaning towards. We just have so many positives in in our thinking in, in terms of homeschooling and so many negatives in terms of public schooling. Uh, in the episode we had, I mentioned like you did the the possible bullying. Uh, yeah. For whatever reason, I didn't have to deal with that, and I, I was not a jock. I was not cool, um, so I just consider myself lucky. But it can it can get really bad. 
uh, suicide bad. Yeah. And, and right. as you, as you perfectly well know, yeah. and if you're, even if you have a strong, confident, you know, well put together child, you still don't know that they're going to come home safe at the end of the day. And, yeah. and I don't, I, I'm definitely not going to get into, into that topic too much because I don't have, I don't have a solution to it, but the fact that it's there is enough to really make me think twice about sending my kid out to school. And really the only hurdle that we have, because I'm, I'm a college graduate. Uh, so I, I have you know, a relative amount of confidence in terms of being able to teach my, my son uh, all that he would need to know uh, to pass whatever standardized testing he needs to. But we, we do worry about uh, socialization. And I think that you have overcome that in the, the sports side of things. You know, you, don't, you certainly don't have to worry about that with him going in and playing on a team sport against other teams constantly. Yeah. But let's say for just the sake of this argument, your son is not a, a big athlete. What do you recommend for those fathers that, like me, are, are concerned about that? What, what would you uh, recommend or what advice would you give to expose them to socialization that wasn't going to come from organized sports? Yeah, now do there's so many co-op groups and homeschool groups that it's not even an issue. It's a breeze now. Uh, there are tons of co-op groups where parents will come together and actually they'll have one parent teach all the kids the same subject together on one day and they take turns. It's really cool. Some of the things I see and then they'll have like there's, a, you know, spam robotics. I have some really close friends that were big into homeschooling. Uh, there's a woman in Orlando. It's a good friend of mine. Her name's Connie Albers. And I haven't really hung out with her in years, but I love what she's doing. And um, uh, she has some great books on parenting as well, but she was big in the homeschool community as well. And my friend Jen Ranieri was as well and big in the spam robotics. And, you know, so for every kid, there's something. Let's say your kid's not into sports, but they're in robotics gets them or they they love music and you get them into band. You know, there's so many opportunities now. It's not even a factor, in my opinion. It was 10 years ago but it's not now. My wife does a lot of research. She's a stay at home mom. And, uh, when we've, we've just, like I said, my daughter's three, so it's coming up pretty soon, but, um, we've been talking about it, not a lot lately, but just throughout her life so far. And we were talking about it with all the, the shootings and the bullies and all that stuff. Um, we were talking about, like he said, we're, we're leaning towards homeschooling and we've already kind of started a little bit. And, yep. um, that's what I was worried about. I was like, well, what about, you know, if she wants to play basketball or softball or, or soccer or be part of that, she goes, well, there's plenty of, plenty of groups for that outside of just the school. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah, there's a whole, like, I'm, I'm looking into it right now. I'm like, oh, okay, well, great. So that kind yeah. of, um, other than the workload of actually having the responsibility of teaching your kid what they need to know in school, like that part of my worry was kind of subsided a little bit because now, like you said, 10 years ago, that this stuff was just starting to come in. And I know we, in our episode, we talked about it, but when I was in high school, like the homeschool kids were quote unquote, the weirdos, like when they came to our school, cause we had some that came for high school and, um, we kind of treated them not weird and bad, but like, we looked at them as like, Oh, those are the weird homeschool kids. Like, you know, whatever. But now it's more, it's more accepted, accepted in society. And, um, like you said, there's programs galore for kids to do sports or music or art or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I, and there, you know, the homeschool still homeschool kids still deal with that label. But if you think about it, 
okay, they're being chastised by the other kids or made fun of because they don't know the current rap songs or they don't know anything about sex or that, you know, like these are all problems I'm cool to live with and I'm cool with my kid to live with, you know, like, you know, until it's a proper age, it doesn't make sense, but you know what they're learning in school. And man, they're like 10 years ahead of us now, dude. Like what we learned in school, they're learning years before we learned it. The things I learned at 13 that I thought I was young and learned, they know clearly at eight. Like oh, no joke. I just I just said I'm I'm confident teaching them and now I don't know. It's not that hard though. The, most of the school systems actually have online courses they can take that's part of the school system where they're just online taking classes. Some of them are even guided by the teachers. Okay, cool. So there, there's so many options out there now. If you really want to throw them for a loop, just pass them a rotary phone and tell them to text their friends with it. <laughs> yeah, or a can opener, right? You ever see that? That uh, uh, yes, dude, that was yes. great. That was awesome. It's funny, but I think homeschoolers actually have a lot more knowledge about the world. Uh, and look, my son can name every capital of every state at sixteen. I can't do that. I don't. He's like quiz me. I'm like uh. Let me grab my phone, you know, but he knows I'm all cold. So he can write in cursive. You know, these are things they're not teaching anymore. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a big proponent of homeschool. I think it's done us a great uh, justice. And again, if he really wants to go into homeschool or uh, high school for the last couple of years, I'm down. I think he's ready for that. I'm ready for that. But I just don't know if it'll work out logistically. And if he ends up doing homeschool, I'm cool with that too. Good information. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's something that really does reassure me as far as all those resources that you mentioned, because I can go to my wife now and be like, no, 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 no more concerns, no more worries. You know, we can, yeah. it's it's all taken care of. Yeah, it's easy. I did read that there are, uh, like you said, some, some groups, uh, I didn't know that it was so prevalent that you could go to to get different uh, uh, materials, books, what have you, uh, so that you didn't have to buy it all on your own because the, the research I did shows that you can spend, I can't, I don't want to quote a specific number, but it was in the thousands each year to if you were to buy the the books and whatnot that you needed uh brand new so it yeah uh, it's nice that there the community is larger than i expected even with that too there's all kinds of homeschool programs you can buy into that are nowhere near that kind of number okay cool wow uh, and and it's i'm glad that we were able to to cross this bridge i never yeah, would have known that, that you had that uh you know experience uh until we got into the the meat of it yeah, I mean, I've got to credit his mom for doing the work in homeschooling. She's done it. And, uh, you know, she's done a great job, but uh, th- she's used all those resources as well. Right on. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Dan Dan gave me the impression that he was going to forget about this. And this is something that he will ask that I do uh, love quite a bit. And I'm, I'm not going to steal it from him completely. But why don't you go ahead, Dan, with that question you have about the advice that uh, that you always ask? Yeah. Um, is there you we've kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit throughout the whole um episode or that whole interview i mean i always wonder it could be the same thing i'm gonna ask like kind of a two-part question here um when you were having your kids what is the best piece of advice somebody gave you either when you found out you were having a kid as soon as they got here right before it was time to give birth and and or if it's the same piece great if not maybe elaborate a little bit. Um, what is the best piece of advice you could give a young dad that's either just found out or the kid's just getting here or it's, they're about to go to the hospital or whatever they're deciding to do. Uh, I had a great friend. His name was Rodney and he was, uh, a very slow talker. And, uh, the two of us together were pretty funny. I had to learn how not to steamroll him in conversation. 
but he was a really wise guy, wise man. And he said something to me that's really, really stuck. And I share this with all new fathers. And he said to me that it doesn't, your kids don't remember what house they grew up in, really. They don't really remember the cars that you drove. They don't really remember the toys that you bought them. They don't really remember how nice their clothes were or weren't. What they really never forget is how much time you spent eye to eye with them, really, really connecting or didn't. And he said, that's what they really remember. And I have stayed on that path. I think my son was three when he told me that. And that changed everything. I mean, that was a big game changer for me. We as dads, we want to give them everything that we never had. And that's great. And we should do that. But more than that, more importantly, is to give them your time and attention, no matter how tired, no matter how busy, no matter how distracted, that has to be the number one, the number one goal in your life is to spend time with your children one-on-one. If you have multiple children, each one needs that from you. That's what I would tell them that. I totally agree with that. They they taught me, G.I. Joe taught me growing up that knowing is half the battle, but the other half is just being there for your son or daughter. Yeah. And I, I hear that again and again. It, it doesn't even have to be about uh, teaching them or, or doing an activity, simply being there when they, when they need you and, you know, being, knowing that they can turn to you or find you when they need you, that, that counts for so much, uh, just mental stability, emotional stability, stuff that, that once again, I'm speaking from experience is not, you know, having, uh, for the most part until here recently, just because I didn't have that, that home life, uh, that stable home life that you really do need to, to build a strong foundation. And it yeah. wasn't until, I became a dad that I really began to see the importance of that. And your approval. The father's approval is so important to a child's well-being in life. And, you know, if girls don't get their father's approval, they usually seek it out with some unhealthy behavior with other men. If guys don't get their father's approval, they're consistently seeking it. And they will tr- they will try anything to get it and become desperate until they don't care. And when they don't care, that's when you have a problem. So your approval means everything. Great job. I'm proud of you. You know, you're trying so hard. I, I see what you're doing. Being able to do that for your kid gives them the confidence to go fight the world. Awesome. Yeah, um, I can speak to a little bit of that already. My wife, a few months ago, told me that, not that I was doing a bad job, but she's like, hey, we need to really try to um, tell our daughter that she's doing good. Like Kind of like you said, she's doing either doing good, she looks pretty. You know, all that stuff, like when we dress her up to go to church or go out or something like that, um, we always put a nice dress on her. And I'm like, yeah. we do that. She's like, yeah, but we need to make sure we do it and remember to do it because we don't want her to, like what you said, go seek out other approval or other validation from other uh, bad sources or bad influences. And, you know, she's even now, like when we get ready to go somewhere and if my wife dresses up, she'll go, mommy, you look pretty, you know, because we say it to her. Yeah. All the time, even if it's just like a little Minnie Mouse dress for the day, even for like, like today, you know, just say, oh, that's a pretty dress. And she's, oh, she smiles and, you know, she's three. So I don't know if she really understands quite yet. She probably does. But, um, it's at least, you know, she hears it and it's in, it's in her, in her mind and in her ears. So, you know, that's something that we're positive reinforcement on good behavior too, is, is a good thing that we're trying to do. And like, even when we go outside and she, like when we kick the ball back and forth and I kick it to her, she goes, good job, daddy. So when she kicks it to me, <laughs> she's getting know, it. 
yeah, she does. And, and when she yeah. takes it to me, I say, good job, Madison, you know, and, and trying to just even something so small that that could that could make a huge difference in years to come. And you know, I'm I'm trying to be mindful of that to do it. Even like I said, even with the ball thing, it's it's so trivial, but it, it could mean so much later on. It does, man. Uh, you know, and uh, she's so young and uh, you guys have some young kids. I came up with this thing a couple of years ago called the three minute hug where I would hold on to my son for three minutes. And, and there's all kinds of scientific studies done on pheromones that are exchanged and, and endorphins that happen when you hold on to someone that long. But I would I would say I would affirm him in his ear the whole time. And I would say, you know, man, you, you I watched what you did the other day in soccer. That was amazing. Great move. I love how you're advancing and you're reading, you know, whatever I could think of. I just, and then some people even come up with, you know, things they say, like a mantra that they say with their kid in the morning or at night, you know, just repeat after me, honey, you know, I am strong, you know, yeah. I am good. I am beautiful. I am powerful. You know, th man, that's part of making a plan. That's how you raise your kid up to be strong enough. I mean, think about what our kids are going to deal with in 10 years in this world, the way it's going. They, they yeah. need to be strong, man. And we have an opportunity to build them up. And you as their dad, you're the first guy they fall in love with as, as a daughter. So yeah. you're teaching them how to receive love from a, from a man. That's your role. And that's why daddy, you know, daddy daughter dates when they're nine, 10 years old, you start those. They're phenomenal. You open the door, you know, you pull the chair, you all those things so that they know what to expect from the right guy. And they don't, you know, they don't accept a hamburger when they could have had filet mignon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. I've even started doing that um, with like going on like ice cream dates with just me and her. And, and, you know, just if she's three and like I said, it doesn't mean much now, but it, it'll mean so much later on that I'm trying to do that. I don't do it as often as I should, but I still at least try when I, I know we have to make time for everything, but you know, start with your and, wife, man. Start with yeah. your wife. And yeah. if you start with your wife, she's going to see it. Yep. Yeah, that's the other thing too. She's like, not that I treat her bad or anything, but she's like, Hey, right. she's, she's watching you and how you treat me to know how she's supposed to be loved when she gets to the age of dating and liking boys and all that stuff. And, and that really, it sunk in and it, it's sinking in more and more that, I, you know, Hey, not because I, you know, because of her, I, I do love my wife to pieces, but I have to watch, not watch what I do, but I, I have to show her what, how she's supposed to be loved through loving her and loving all my wife too yeah. in front of her and and not being cold and ignoring her and all that stuff so we're guys man yeah. we're not really yeah. wired that way like we have to learn it we're yeah. not really wired that way yeah I mean, if it you know if it were up to us we'd club her you know drag <laughs> her to where we wanted her to go and then eat the food she made like yeah it, you know, we're guys we're, we have to learn all this stuff so thank god for women or we'd all be dead yeah right <laughs> <laughs> sure um, you really brought the the talker out of Dan. He it's usually hard to get him to to really speak this much. That's awesome. Um, we are uh, we we've already gone a little bit further than maybe I had expected at this point, but we're coming down to the home stretch. Before we get into you specifically and what you want to promote that we have yet to cover, I wanted to give Sam um, a chance to go over anything he might have had so far because we didn't really yeah, give cool. him uh, any any room to jump in here in the last little bit. Do you have anything you wanted to touch on before we uh, head home on this, Sam? No, not at this time. I, I think Michael's been a wonderful guest so far. I've really enjoyed talking with him and, and the, the things that we uh, things that we shared on this episode, I think, is going to uh, reach out and touch a lot of dads out there. I hope at least that's our hope. So, yeah, we hope I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed talking with him and having him on the episode. Thank you. 
Right on. Cool. So as I said, then we reserved the last bit of the podcast and we could, we could go longer than this if necessary, but we want to give you the time to talk about anything that may have occurred to you and that you didn't get a chance to speak on or anything that you're promoting, any business you've got going on, podcast, book, and just give you the chance to, uh, you know, get that out to our listeners, maybe get an extra fan or two from it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, yep. I just opened up my website called michaelnfeinman.com. And uh, I am launching my speaking career fully now. I've done some speaking on the road, as I mentioned, but I'm really going at it now. I have several programs that deal with kids and dads. And so I'm uh, open and looking for speaking opportunities. I'm also a writer, so I'm looking for blog and writing opportunities uh, as well as podcasts. So uh, I am starting a, a YouTube channel. I wouldn't call it a, a podcast, probably, although I may take the audio and make it that as well. But uh, I am starting a YouTube channel called Identity University. It's already up and running, but I'm building a backlog of, of videos to drop all at once because I've learned that's probably one of the best ways of getting going. So there's a couple little clips on there and things like that. And Instagram, same thing as Identity U. So uh, the plan is to kind of launch all these programs at the same time and take the feedback from, from people and, and really run with that. But, you know, I love speaking at men's events, uh, you know, uh, youth events with young young men and young women and uh, really being able to pour into them as well. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. And, and here we go. This has been a big, scary move for me because I know business well. But, you know, going into this uh, is not an area that I understand how to monetize or if I should. So I'm just going forward, man, with full trust in God. And here we go. Let's see what happens. Well, I'm excited to be here at the beginning of this new start for you, this, Thank you. Uh, this new level of success, hopefully, so to speak. And I wish you all the best. I hope that that you have uh, touched uh, one of our listeners like you have me and that they uh, are able to, you know, help you in, or connect you in some way, shape or form to to better and better things. We don't yeah. have. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say if they have any questions or anything, they could reach out on the website and uh, I'll be happy to try to answer as many of them as I can. Right on. What well, you've given us a whole lot of good content, a whole lot of uh, wisdom and, and good information. So I know that you got more in there that, uh, that you know, you're just waiting to, to give out to, to whoever's there asking for it. So, you know, who, whoever is listening to this, you know, don't hesitate to, to give Mr. Feynman uh, your, your attention and time if, if what he is providing is, is something that would be beneficial to you. Uh, I'm convinced after this that he is uh, going to be uh, excess at, a success at whatever he puts his mind to. So, I'm sure this is just the beginning of another great, uh, a great path for you. So, uh, you know, early congratulations on that. And I uh, will add you on Insta. I, as I said, I do the social media thing. I'm bad at it, but I try to do it, you know, to get the, the word out. So I'll tag That's you great. Um, in. Uh, and also, I think we're already Facebook friends. If not, I'll add you there. But when I post uh, reels on there, I can tag you on that too, at least on, on a couple. Sometimes you uh, specifically are going to be probably one of these. Some of the episodes that the, the guests just give out so much information that the reels start to pile up and pile up and and I, I start to feel bad about uh, tagging you again and again. Not at all, man. Nope. Uh, it, it, listen, the name of the game and content is repurposing, repurposing, repurposing. So as much as you can squeeze out of it, please do it. It'll help me too. And, you know, anyone who gets the message, if it, if it makes change in their life, I'm stoked. Right on. Well, I'd certainly, uh, I will let you know when your episode comes out and then I'll, uh, you know, uh, let you know for each successive uh, attempt at promotion that, that awesome. I make. And I hope we'll that do they- the same. Um, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. 
yeah our our audience is small but strangely dedicated so hopefully we are gonna be able to you know direct them to not only wisdom but also uh, you know further opportunity and and you certainly have something that i would recommend for anybody listening thank you and once again i thank you so much for coming on you are uh, one of the busiest people that i've tried to connect with so far so thank you so much for finding the time and uh and even uh, as much as we've had like i said this has gone a little bit further than i expected but at the same time you've been you know completely patient and giving and i uh, you know thank you so much for that yeah thank you for your patience too sorry it was so hard to get me but we got it yeah yeah and it worked out fine it worked out great loved having you uh, we'd love to have you back sometime sounds great i'd love it uh, I feel like you've got a lot more in there in, in that brain that, that we did not uh, pick at today and, and so much more to give to uh, to whoever, you know, might be uh, receptive to it. Well, I love that you guys are dedicated to DAGs and uh, I wish you guys great success. I really do. Well, we appreciate that. And uh, anybody have anything to say before we go? No, just thanks for coming on, man. And good luck yeah. with uh, good luck with everything you do, man. You too, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Enjoy the little ones while they're there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, gotta love every minute of it. Even, yeah, the, even enjoy the it parts. all. Enjoy it all. So, with that, we do appreciate you guys listening once again. This has been uh, quite a bit more than your two dads, but it's more like your dad family this time around. And, uh, anyways, thanks for joining, and for Dan, for Sam, and uh, for myself. Hey, you know, we will all check you later. Check you later. <laughs> check you later. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? It smells like someone died.